You are listening to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and I'm joined here each episode with my co-host, Chrissy Dunham, and we just want to say thanks for tuning in. Have you ever wondered what the Bible has to say about worry and fear? Have you ever wondered how to decorate an odd-shaped room? Have you ever wondered how to make a quiche with a sweet potato crust? Well, you're in the right place because we talk about all the things. If we don't know the answers to some of life's biggest, most wonderful questions, the guests we have on certainly will. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Welcome to The Wonder Podcast. I am so excited to be with you today here with my co-host, Lisa Clark. My name is Chrissy Dunham, and we are your co-hosts today, and we have one of our most favorite and favored, highly favored guests on. Uh, People love her, and the reason they love her is all she has to talk about is Jesus. That is it. She is one of the most educated women in Hebrew language, and she has self-taught herself. Her name is Carmen Schrader. Many know her. Many have sat under her teaching, including Lisa and I. And every time we're with her, as will happen today, we will walk away better because of what we've heard and things for us to chew on for a few days because she has so much to say. So welcome, Carmen, to the Wonder Podcast. Thank you for having me. I was like, are they talking about me? I think they got somebody else on. I think it was a mistake. No, it's you, Carmen. (laughs) Carmen has been a favorite of the Wonder Podcast. She's been on the Raising Sinners Podcast. So we love Carmen. Let's just get that out. We're fangirls. We're fangirling. And uh, we love us some Carmen. And so we wanted to just get Carmen on. We were all, we'll always look for an excuse to have Carmen on. And we, Chrissy and I were kind of brainstorming recently, talking about just the world affairs, what's going on in life and in the world. And, you know, you can get kind of Eeyore-ish, right? When you're talking about some of these things, because you're like, what in the world? We're, we're messed up around here. We are twisted. And, and then you always, you know, you, you find the glass half full and you realize, no, I'm here for a reason and all that. But we thought it'd be fun to have Carmen on and talk about viewing current events and current culture through your specialty, which is, of course, the Torah, mm-hmm. but, you know, through God's word. And how do we look at the current events in our culture today through the lens of scripture and the gospel and and navigate through that. What are what are some of the things you're doing in your own personal walk as you watch the news in in your family and those that you teach and train? That's let's just throw it out there and get started with that. Okay. So that's like a loaded question. I know. Right? I know. So, so there's a few <laughs> things. I was I got a yeah, I started falling asleep last night and I was thinking about today and the things we were going to talk about and the things that kept coming into my mind are the same things that have been because I teach every Saturday morning. We're always talking about culture, world, and vision. So keeping those things in mind and that they come from light, right? So I got up this morning and I was, and well, I was, when I was going to sleep, I was like, Lord, I hope I remember some of this because it's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of little things, but it's really, it's always the same message. And yeah. I think why the word culture has at the forefront of my mind is because the world that I am involved with, with the Torah 
light and the vision, God's word from Genesis to Revelation. And then the world that we we seem to like make distinct. Well, I go to work. That's a different world. My home is a different world. Well, yeah. church is a different world. Well, and, and so this thing, this phrase is a loaded phrase that started, you know, everybody talks about, about a toxic work culture. And you know me, I love words. And I'm like, I, I don't even, I can't see the vision until I know what the word means, because within every word is where the vision is. So I started pondering this. Let's just talk about this word culture. Well, that word comes from the word cultivate, right? So that word comes from the word cultivate. That means to prepare the earth, the work, it's the work of promoting growth, right? So there's really no such thing as a toxic culture. What's happening is what's the opposite of cultivating is neglect, Mm. right? So I was like, okay, wait a minute. There's no such thing really as toxic culture. It's just a neglect of the people there. There's no promotion of growth. So that had me you know, spinning. And I was like, okay, but it's all in God's word. Of course, you, you always go back to Genesis. That's like the template for back everything. Back to the garden. Back to the garden. This is where all the answers are. So let me, let me get this one little paragraph out of the way to make sure that I keep on track here. So, you know, we don't have like a 24 segments because, you know, I like to talk sometimes, but there's a, there's a world. Here's what we need. We're going to talk about that word world. But there's a world out there that we like to look at and think about it out there. But there's also a world in between our ears. And we're responsible to bring light to both, right? Going back to the very beginning, yehi or, let there be light. The first time the gospel is given to us. When light enters in, the chaos goes, the darkness goes. This Genesis account and understand what these words mean. So... The way that we bring the light to both worlds is through a growing love of the word of God, his counsel, and an act of love for people. So that's like the opposite of neglect, right? We're not neglecting the word. We're not neglecting the people we say we love. So I I know that's like a bombshell. Let's just get started just right there. Let's just talk (laughs) about all that. Let's just, you know, dive right in right there. But the word world, why that's so important, the word world. There's a world out there, remember, and there's a world in between our ears. We're responsible for the light. Yeah. Bring light to both. The word world in Hebrew is tabel. Do you know what it means? Would you girls know, have any guess about what the word tabel for world means in Hebrew? No idea. Chrissy? I got oh, She nothing. probably knows. She probably knows. She's, I just, I, I know. I just want to make sure Carmen gets it correct. Yeah, that's okay. what she, exactly what she's doing. The word world, tabel in Hebrew means confusion. interesting confusion so when you look see if i can pull up some of my notes here you know that handy dandy studylight.org right right in fact if you're listening studylight.org is a great resource for taking Mm -hmm. the word back and really getting to the root of it gaining the vision which is we're going to talk about that in a minute okay without a vision something happens we we know that yes okay Yep. yep so the word world um let's see, means nothing. It can mean nothing or without. It means confusion. It means an action that lacks any results. So all this is the world we live in. Okay. So we wake up in the morning and we got a world. (laughs) We don't even have to get out of bed. And we got a world. world. We got (laughs) a world in between our ears, right? So the responsibility to bring light to it. So 
going back to the word cultivate, now that you know what the word world means, confusion, and why people act like we act, but also what we're supposed to be doing about it. So who who, who might think, do you girls have any guesses about when the first time the word cultivate is in the scripture or a time when the word cultivate is in the scripture? When the Lord told Adam to mm-hmm. take care of the land. Oh my goodness. That's that what I was going to say, smart. by the way. That's what no, I was going to say. Lisa was gonna, she, she was like, I was waiting for crazy. Uh-huh. Yes. Better sheet, Genesis 2.15. It mm-hmm. says, then the Lord God took the human and put him in the Garden of Eden. Remember, Garden of Eden means the boundaries of delight. To cultivate it and to keep it. Cultivate, culture. That word cultivate means to serve. Again, it's different. It's the opposite of neglect. Right. We are going to serve. And then it says to keep, to guard. So God put Adam in the garden of Eden, the boundaries of delight, to serve it and to guard it. Wow. So, okay. Is that not the opposite of neglect? Right. Okay. So why do you think Maybe, and I'm just talking about believers that are supposed to know this. Yeah. Why would we not be serving and guarding it? Which, by the way, when you look about the word create in the scripture, it always means to fill in what is lacking. And mm-hmm. we are co-creators. We're supposed to be on co-mission with the divine. These are things we're supposed to not just know. We're supposed to grow in and we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So I think Possibly, just possibly, that many of us may be lacking vision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think That's we so lack good. vision and we don't know the word. Yes, correct. We don't know what the word says. Well, correct. and you and you also just, I mean, you ask a believer, okay, what are we supposed to do in these times? Well, there's your answer. Mm-hmm. Serve and guard. Serve and guard. Serve and guard. And that it start that world you talked about starts between your ears. Serve mm-hmm. and guard that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then your home, then your neighborhood, you know, the word of God. That's that's how we do it. We can be doing something here, but going under, I don't see crawling under a rock no, as no. one of the options. Hide it or under a bush. No. Right. Right. Yeah. We have to let it shine. Goes going back to the beginning. So to serve it and to guard it. Mm. Okay. Serving to guard, opposite. There's no such thing as toxic culture. It's right. neglected. And the, the Mishlei, the Proverbs teach us about that. So to bell, confusion. So in a world of confusion, then the soul needs vision. The scripture teaches that with teaches us that without a vision, the people perish. They perish. Okay. Now perish is kind of a byproduct. The original word para means to act on your own authority. So when we don't have a vision of God's authority, we're the authority. You know, we talked about that before many times. The byproduct, what happens is that we perish. We act, some of the versions say, act unrestrained or become unrestrained. Walking around in circles, never getting anywhere. Okay, Correct. Walking around in confusion. Yeah. And darkness, because why there's no light. Okay. So I was... 
And last night, of course, you know, I do the Musar. So I, I look at the Proverbs every day to see what they have to teach us because there's training, there's gaining this vision every day. And we're responsible to gain this vision. So I was laid down last night. I thought, you know what, Lord, it would be so cool if this verse that you're giving me that, that I just keep thinking of about keeping Torah as the apple of your eye, keeping the instruction as the apple of your eye was was on today. That would just be pretty cool, right? <laughs> well, it actually is. It's Proverbs 7 too. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So let me start <laughs> with the <laughs> Proverbs 29, 18, since we talked about that. Where there is no vision, the people perish or the people are unrestrained. But happy is he who keeps the law. Okay, English. So in the Hebrew, it is advancing in the way of life and blessing is the one who guards the Torah, right? Which mm-hmm. is the instruction. Proverbs 6 teaches us the Torah is the light. So light and vision, Torah, truth, Messiah, they're all synonymous terms. He spoke in the very beginning, right? So it, it's, it's powerful. So where there is no prophetic word from God, they perish. So Proverbs 7, 2 says this, keep my commandments and live and my teaching as the apple of your eye. Mm. So guards, there's more guarding. See, this is not passive. This is very active. Guard my commandments and live. That Another way to say that is rise up, be resurrected, be revived. Guard my commandments and live in my Torah as the apple of your eye. Because whatever instruction, whatever we are keeping as the apple of our eye is the path that we're going to follow. Let me stop you there for a second. So we're hearing this, that we are to guard and put that in layman's terms of what action we can take just based on what you've already taught us. What can we do as believers What does that mean for me on a daily basis? Mm. Okay. So I'm glad you asked, Christy, because I have some notes. It is going to involve understanding what the Shema is. Do you remember that Yeshua said that the greatest commandment is what? Love the Lord your God. Love. Yes. He quoted the Shema. Mm -hmm. Right. So receiving vision. So I'll just, I'll, I'll say these. Receiving our vision. Believing our purpose, and achieving our mission. Hmm. So the Shema, this is what it means to walk in the middle of the Shema, to give the Lord God or to love the Lord God with our entire minds, with with our entire souls, which means all of our behaviors and our speech and our thoughts and with all of our very. So (laughs) practically, if, 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 if the King of Kings said, hey, hold up, the greatest commandment, is Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. You are to love the Lord God with your entire minds, with your entire souls, and with your entire very. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. I think we need to be concentrating and have that understanding of just that commandment continue to grow. And this is receiving vision, right? Yeah. So every one of us needs to say, okay, am I receiving this vision. Do I even know what it is? You know, Chris, you said, we don't know the word. Well, if the word is Yeshua, then we don't know Yeshua. That's kind of a tough pill to swallow. Right. Wow. But isn't it true? We can do Bible studies. We can go to church. We can, you know, do take a meal with somebody, but not be walking with the Lord, which means 
talking to him every day, Mm -hmm. being in his word, trying to get to know him better. We can do all that stuff on the outside, but really loving him with all Mm -hmm. you've got, that's Mm -hmm. the hardest part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, it's easy to take a meal to somebody, but to get up at five in the morning, which is what I have to do in order to spend time with the Lord. There are days that I don't do it because I tell myself I'm tired and Mm -hmm. I'll do it later. Mm -hmm. And you know, we talk about it, but you have to do it. I was reminded in the Old Testament, you know how they used to sit, you know, all the cities were surrounded by a wall and there would be a watchman on the wall mm-hmm. watching for the enemy. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. what you're telling us to do is be on the wall, be watchful. And when you see the enemy coming, you attack him before he mm-hmm. even gets into your city. Correct. Whether so- that's home, school, work whatever. So when Yeshua was tempted in the desert, he didn't have a discourse with the enemy. The enemy tempted him. And every time Yeshua quoted from the book of Deuteronomy, Mm. he quoted, well, him being the word. So do we know the word Yeshua? Mm. Do we know this word in order to answer back the enemy or to speak this word of light into a situation? Yeah. Right. Or are we just battling the darkness or have we just turned to the light? I mean, there's there's a lot of ways that we can take that and think about it. But Yeshua answered the enemy with the word of God. Yeah. One of the times turn this a rock into bread, you know, you're, you're hungry. And Yeshua said, it is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So are we eating this word? Because it is sustenance. We learned that in the Musar. The manna, the word is sustenance for us. We can't be sustained. We can't do battle. We have no light without the word of God. So I guess, so when we talk about engaging the culture and living in 2022 in America mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With, with the things that are going on in the world, and if you read the headlines, you know, some of the crazy things at school and, you know, incredible family that her, you know, seventh grader had to put her pronouns down for one of her teachers that day. And, and she kind of rolled her eyes and laughed because they're doing a great job at home of showing her how to do that, navigate this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're trying to figure out right now, which battles do we pick, you know, in, in, in all of this, but is the answer as simple as be the light? Can we be the light if we don't have the light? No. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we say be the light, that means let Jesus shine, you know, be Mm -hmm. you're taking the light when Jesus said, you know, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Mm-hmm. You are the mm-hmm. light of the world that he was talking to his people. Yes. You know, the believers, that's a pretty high calling, isn't it? For us to be well, the light in this very dark world. Well, it is. And yet that's our responsibility. It is. Right. Yep. So here, here's, let's take this in another direction there. Psalm 133. And I encourage everybody to go back and to parse that. Right. What is it saying? Because what you're going to find out, and it's just going back to this light concept and our our vision that we receive, the purpose that we believe, and the mission that we're achieving. It all has to do with the vision. Psalm 133, and, and I don't, let me see if I've got my scripture right here because I had it earlier. It says this, 
oh, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to live together in yachad, in unity. It's like a fragrant oil on the head that runs down over the beard, over the beard of Aaron and flows down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon that settles on the mountains of Zion, for it was there that Adonai ordained the blessing of eternal life. Where is the there? So it is in unity. So that is the only place when you go back and you parse this and you see what this is teaching us. Yeshua, the living word is teaching us how, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to live together in Yachad in unity. This is the place, the only place that God ordains or commands the blessing of life, eternal <laughs> unity. So then we get to ask ourselves, wow, what is unity? Right. What is the lack of unity? Right. And, and and unity is a word that we talk about a lot because the scripture talks about it a lot. Yeah. Unity isn't necessarily a lack of strife. Unity is a secure connection. Do we know one another? Are we or are we neglecting one another? See, it goes back to that culture thing. Yeah. We have to have one another. And let's face it, it's so much easier to do life alone or just show up and have the exterior, right? Just, just have a face. Yeah. Because it's messy in community some days, but does that mean we're supposed to be literally in holy huddles and not venture out? Well, I think wherever we go is an opportunity to get bring unity. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and, and going back to that toxic work culture thing, I think too many of us believers, and this is, is just, you know, an opinion. I think too many of us believers look at a church life different than a work life, except we're supposed to have that life in the workplaces, in the marketplaces, in the home place. And and I would I would even go so far as to say what you practice in your home is what you're practicing all these other places. Amen. Right. So For sure. when you're practicing these things in your home, you're the same wherever you go, which is what that word sincere means. That when you break apart something and you expose it what to the light, it's the same thing on the inside as what's presented on the outside. So we have all of this instruction. This Torah just means instruction for hitting a mark. Have we received a vision? Are we receiving a vision? I shouldn't say received because it's it's ongoing. Right. We receive vision every day. Are we receiving vision? Are we believing our purpose? Now, the purpose, when, when I think about that, just real quick, I always think about the Romans 8.29 that says we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Messiah, conformed to the image of Messiah. What does that mean? The mm. character. Before we ever took our first breath, Yeshua predestined us to be remade in his character. And that happens together. When we come together, right, we're thinking on the word of God that is living and active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And then that convincing stays with us. And wherever we go is a place of holiness and can be a place of light because we're going to take that with us. Wow. That's so encouraging though, isn't it? That if we get serious about our faith in these troubling times, we get excited about taking the light yes. and being the light. If we yeah. are truly serving and on guard, guarding the commandments, then for the believer in Jesus Christ, we should be pumped about what's going on in the world right now. Hallelujah. And <laughs> Second right. Timothy 3 tells us everything that's going to happen. That's I mean, right. you know, we look and we're like, oh my goodness. Well, you know what? This, this, this has been recorded forever. 
well, not forever, but for a really, 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 really long time. <laughs> it's all there. As well as at the end of 2 Timothy 3, it teaches us four things that we are to do. Now, I'm not going to get into that because, you know, it will be a 24 you know, episode. episode yeah. also. But 2 Timothy 3 holds the key. It says, hey, here's what's mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised. This is going to happen in a world of confusion. This is what happens to a people that is void of light. It's all there. So what is our call? And that's the other very important 316. We need to know 2 Timothy 316. There's more instruction right. right there. So it is useless for us to live as if there is no hope and no light and no instruction. Amen. And every time we get together, we're sharpening one another. And that's kind of one of the things I brought out on Saturday. If we're not sharpening one another, we're not, you know, iron sharpens iron and lifts the countenance of our friends. If we're not sharpening one another, then we're probably stabbing one another. And there's a whole lot of that happening. Mm. Well, but we're not stabbing each other like in the world sense. We're stabbing each other by not encouraging one, one another. And Correct. that's exactly what I think it's Hebrews or, or Colossians. I forget. Mm-hmm. I think it's Hebrews. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves that's together. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or it is to encourage one another and yes. remind so, each other that the day of his coming back is drawing near. So that is how we stab each other in the back when we get together and it becomes doom and gloom about what's Correct. happening in the world and what mm-hmm. are we going to do? And we should what's just the vision. What, what's, yeah. what is in the apple or what is at the center of that person's eye? Right. 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 Yes. If the Torah, if God's word is the apple of your eye, oh my goodness, we should be doing cartwheels in the street. That's exactly. Right. I mean, if you can't. Where's our focus? You know. Where's oh, our I focus? Can. I can well, do a cartwheel. Yeah, she Me can. Too. Praying the whole way. <laughs> it's all in the scripture. Yes. How yes, to do is. this life. Yes. How to do this life. And if we get, if we get away from it, just like Chrissy said, if we choose to sleep in or, you know, and we use that as an example because our human frailty, mm-hmm. but the point is if we, if we use the Torah, if we use the scripture, like yes. it was intended for us yes. to be our yes. sustenance, Hallelujah. then yes. we, we look at everything that's happening in the world differently. Yes. Everything. Everything. Wow. So can I share one last thing? Please. And then I'll promise I'll be quiet. Yes, I am. Cause I just made a promise. I have to be quiet after I say this. <laughs> okay. So there's something when we talk about the Shema, what does the Shema look like practically? Chrissy, you asked that. What does it look like to walk this way? All right. If you go back again to Genesis and you look at what happened in Genesis 3 when we became double-minded, what happened was there was fear. I'm not going to go take you back there right now, but just go back and look. Um, after the Ayeka question, you know, around that whole question, Ayeka. Yeah. Okay. What happened are basically three things, three missing of the mark, fear, shame, blame. You, you think about it right now. Fear, shame, blame. I was right. scared. I felt shame. Yeah. I'm blaming him. I'm blaming her. I'm blaming, yeah. blaming the snake. Mm-hmm. I'm blaming you, God. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. What, you know what Adam did. Okay. Yeah. So every time God gives us this account, gives us something, you need to play the opposites game with it. What is the opposite of fear? I'm going to go ahead and give you that one because that one you have to think about. We don't have time to, to, to think too much about it. But the opposite <laughs> of fearing or dread is reverential awe. Okay. So reverence. 
This is where we're going to have a growing reverence now. So we don't want to walk in this darkness in fear, shame, blame, because shame, blame come from fear. So reverence, we learn reverence, we practice reverence. So flip that. What's the opposite of shame? That one's kind of hard to. It's the opposite of shame. I don't know, boldness or can. Okay, so let me tell you what the Hebrew means. The Hebrew word for shame, bush, means something that is withered away in a marsh and it stinks. Oh, wow. So withered away, something withered away is is literally what bush shame means. What is like the opposite action of to grow? Yes. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So the word that I use is nourishment. Okay. So we have reverence, we have nourishment, and then Mm -hmm. that third, what's the opposite of blame? Responsible. Be responsible. Yes. Responsibility. So to gain God's vision and to walk out our mission and purpose is to practice reverence, is to practice nourishment for others and ourselves and to be responsible. This is personal culpability for your light. Wow. Okay. Just the opposite of mm-hmm. fear, shame, blame. Now he gives us the, that account, but he's always telling us think deeper. You give me your entire mind. Like I told you in the, in, in the Shema and the greatest commandment, you're going to gain this vision. And when you gain this vision, you, you can't help but walk out this purpose and mission. Wow. Because you have a different I love vision it. now. That really makes sense. (laughs) Hallelujah. I know. So going back to everywhere, I go go look up everywhere. You see the word vision Mm -hmm. because again, it's just going to, it's, it's going to blow your mind. You're going to be like, okay, what have I been doing? What have I been spending my time doing? This vision has always been there for me to receive. So good. Oh, good. Carmen, you always blow my mind. I know. Well, you always give me lots to think on. It's the word, sister. And I'm glad that y'all were able to put up with my dinging over here between no. the dog and the computer <laughs> and the so people. Te- and nobody texted me, by the way, until I got on here, of course. Right. And then right. that's when it started. I mean, well, that means like the enemy's going to use this message if your computer crashed. Right. So I love it. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it started. That's a, that is Carmen. So beautiful. We are so thankful that you're in our lives and that the yes, Lord let are. our paths cross because you have enriched me today. And I think Lisa Hallelujah. would say the same thing. Mm. And I know our listeners are going to be blessed by this. I'm going to have to go re-listen to it several times. Just soak it all in and take some notes. And be you, encouraged by it. You yes. Know? This is good yeah. stuff. It's good, good stuff. Good stuff. There is nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear. So we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for being on the Wonder Podcast. This will not be your last time. No. um, Because we always (laughs) have lots to learn from you. We love you, sister. And may God bless you. Thank you for having me. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Wonder Podcast. We are thrilled that you've spent this time with us just want to say thank you. We also want to make sure you're aware that we have another podcast called Raising Sinners. It's on the Christian Parenting Network. And we would love for you to join us there too. If you've got kiddos or know someone who does, check us out at Raising Sinners, the podcast for parents. And lastly, Chrissy and I also want to just thank those of you who have been so generous to support our podcast ministry. If you're interested in doing that, we would love for you to go to chrissydunham.org and click on the party table. 
You can make any size donation and all of those proceeds go to help us with our podcast ministry. So if you've done that before, we thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you'd like to check it out, please do. So God bless you. And thanks again for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Thank you.